Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 84. 84. Yes, sir. Ed, Nathan. Hello. My right, my right knee is 84. <laughs> I bet it feels like it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> when, when's the replacement? It's never happened. Oh, come on now. No. I know it's close. It might happen at some point. I don't know. But I, I don't know guys much younger than you would well, need Well, I do too. Yeah, I do too. It's about time, Ed. Nope. Well, <laughs> when I'm picking you up off the floor, <laughs> then it'll be time. There you go. Jason gets to decide. I should get to wow. decide. Jason gets power of attorney. <laughs> if, if I have to pick him up, yes, I should have to decide. Yeah, well, it's on go. me. So, All anyway. Right. So, uh, learn anything new this week, gentlemen? About life or what just did I anything? Learn new? Anything new? The Hawks are playing on Christmas Day. I saw that. I'm very excited about 19, that. 19 uh, national televised games. For yeah, we got a lot. Hawk, Hawks up their profile this year, well, so I'm you, very, man. I'm very excited. Very so, proud for you. Yeah, I think it's the first time they've played on Christmas Day in like over 20 years or something, maybe longer than that. Now who are they playing? The Knicks. So oh, you know they're yeah, going to try. They're trying yeah. to make that. We're playing playoff. in New York, so they want to get. They want to get. On having a little, a little of that tray rivalry yeah. going on. Yeah. That's so cool. a bunch of good games on Christmas Day. I'm excited. That's one thing I like about. Uh, the NBA, they'll play on Christmas Day, so you get everyone's at home. Well, everybody – I mean, the NFL plays on Christmas Day sometimes. Depends on what day it is. Yeah, true. If but it's what is Christmas if this it's year? A Saturday? I think it's a Saturday. Uh, no, I think it's a Monday. Hang on. I can find out oh, real quick. I think yeah. Christmas is a Monday. Christmas Day is on – here we go – a Saturday. Oh. Saturday. There okay. we go. So, yeah, I thought it was a Friday last year, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I knew, I knew that. I had, yeah. So uh, Nathan is excited about the Hawks. Yeah. Any, anything? I'm in excited about the Braves. Me the Braves too. have been playing Me really too. well. They have. They have. So, at the time of this recording. At the time of this recording. Hopefully, they haven't entered another yeah, losing. Exactly. Turning it around. Yes. They did turn it around. I th- the trade deadline, I think, is what yep. turned us. Yep. Because I can see the. I can see them. Did up. we make trades? Oh, we lots did. Of okay. Lots of trades. Okay. We did. Well, there we go. We lots of tiny trades that at the time people were like, that won't matter, and it did. And it did. So yeah. Well, there you go. So we are on the ro- on the road to the playoffs. Now we ain't going far. I'm just going. <laughs> oh, to I don't know. It. I'm I just know. going to predict it. But I hope I'm wrong. Once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. I'm lowering my expectations. Well, that's good. As a fan. That's good. Because that's what I do. It so. won't matter because you're a fan like I'm a fan. If they're playing, you care about it. Oh, gosh. Way too much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Way too much. So, okay. Uh, gentlemen, I uh, just want you to know we have a first for the podcast today. A first. Ba, ba, first. Ba, ba, ba. After, after 84 And episodes. here we have our guest coming on no, right now. No, that's no, not the first. No, it's not the first. Oh. Our first on-screen death. We... <laughs> It's a surprise. Oh, God. We're going to do my knee replacement live. That's right. One of us has poison in our drinks, but we don't know which you one. You know how Jason brought that other stuff out? This week he did That's something right. else. We didn't tell him, but it's Jason. He didn't even know. I didn't have anything to do there with it. No, the uh, first, after 84 episodes, is we have the first question that is not anonymous. Oh, hey. we have a named question. We have a named hey. question. Someone wrote us a question and actually told Put us who their name Do they to want it. us to share their name? Uh, if they give well, it they to me, I'm sharing. Or we're going to say okay, it. Well, there you that's, go. that's their Thank fault. you very much, Sam. No. Oh. Our friend Sherry has oh. sent us a question. Sherry. Sherry. I Sherry. know Sherry. I know Sherry. Sherry, we are sad to say, has moved away from She's us. She's moving away, but because of the wonders of the World Wide Web... She's still, she can still, still involved. She's still involved. Still watching. Going yeah. on. So, All right. Well, what's Sherry's question for us? Here is Sherry, and it's related to her recent move. Okay. All right. Here's Sherry's question. 
I'm moving to another state in a couple of weeks, and I have begun church shopping online. Actually, as of today, I heard. Okay. I got an email today. She's moving today. So this is a hot question. <laughs> so, All right. Uh, she's begun church shopping online. I'm trying to find my next CCC, and it is quite the challenge. So far, I've noticed that all my possibilities do not do weekly communion. Oh, I thought she was going to say, do not have CCC in their name. No. <laughs> okay. All they of don't... them are better. <laughs> vastly better. Do you know of churches with lower standards <laughs> that are worse churches that I could attend? Okay. So these churches, she says, do not do weekly communion. The rest of her question says, I think communion is very important, and this is disappointing to me. What are your thoughts on having communion on your own, maybe combined with a regular prayer time? Is that an okay option, or do you have any other suggestions? Good question. Very good question. A thoughtful question. And I'm glad you're thinking those thoughts, because I think you're thinking the correct thoughts. Is it okay? And I wouldn't even use that term, okay. It, well, I think what we should probably do first talk is we should purpose. talk about the purpose of communion yep. so that I think that will help answer Sherry's question. Yep. So, that. purpose of communion, go. Go. Uh, communion is one of the sacraments that was given to the church, and that's really important to know that it was given to the church, not to individual Christians. Sure. It was given in community to begin with and uh, with that group of followers. Uh, I would never say to somebody it's wrong to take it individually. That's right. But yeah. it is a communal practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in very much the other sacrament I think of, you know, baptism is the same way. Baptism is not intended for anybody to jump in water and baptize yeah, You don't themselves. baptize yourself. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's not a... Those kind of spiritual practices that I do turn them into individual kind of things, and it's almost like there's something... The practice does something in right. and of itself. Yeah, there is there's something about. I mean, even well, it, we've it, even talked about this in, in terms of baptism. I've heard people say, "Well, you know, we don't believe there's anything magic in the water that right. transforms you literally in the water." Just as we don't believe there's anything magic about this bread and juice that magically does right. something to you. Right, exactly. and we've even been saying that online. You yeah. know, with people that might not have grape juice and you know communion crackers at home is that it's not it's not the things you use it's who you're worshiping through them and who really is a part of it we're doing it together Mm. yeah so well i and i was going to say um part of my thoughts on this is i grew up in a tradition uh growing up as a kid where i believe communion was uh made to be this mechanical um right or ritual that you had to perform in order to be right with god on a weekly basis in fact i I believe in one time just in my heart and thinking if i didn't take communion get that bread and that juice inside of me then somehow my sins weren't forgiven and i was i had disobeyed god and i and he and i were not right and i can remember uh, as a teenager, uh, traveling places and being away from my home church and feeling compelled to go and buy some crackers and some juice and to sit by myself in a room and, and pray and, and take this. And, and, and I'm saying that in not a good way. It, it wasn't a compulsion that I think was healthy. I don't think it was honoring to God in the end. Um, it just became a ritual and it was a fear-based kind of thing. And, right. I, and I think because it was taken out of its original context of, like you said, Ed, a communal event done with brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, I mean, that, that is the heart of the word. Yeah. I mean, it is communing with God, with others. And I think, I think it's pretty clear the one time 
Paul, in his letters, calls out the church for not participating in communion right. the way that they should, he calls them back to that. And it yes. was the com- it was the communal aspect that was off. Right. Exactly. It was, that, it was that aspect that was off. Yes. They were they were leaving people out. Right. And that was what he's calling them out for. People would come and they'd have this meal and then they wouldn't wait on others to join in. Right. And he says, why don't you stop and wait on each other? Right. The whole body comes together. And then I also believe when Paul says in that passage in Corinthians where he says, when uh, we eat and drink and forsake the body of Christ, a lot of people have taken that to be the literal body, physical body of Jesus on the cross. I'm not sure that's what he meant. I don't think it is. I think he's referring to what he earlier said, the body of Christ, the church. Right. You forsake the assembly. You forsake the the, the gathering of one another. That's what this whole thing is about. So mm-hmm. to Sherry's question, I think uh, I would say it's like you, I think you just said it. It's not wrong to take it alone. Um, I wouldn't use the, I wouldn't go that far. But you're missing something when you've done that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think the overall thing for me when it comes to communion is um, the idea of the reason it's central for us, to me, goes even beyond just the fact that we believe this it, it was it is what the early church did when they gathered together. But when we gather together, the thing that separates us from any other organization that gathers together uh, isn't just that we're people who love each other, and it isn't just that we're people who have the same ideas about life because, I mean, it's community <laughs> Christian. We don't all have the same ideas. Right. The one thing that unifies us is the body and blood of Jesus that was given for us. And so when we gather, um, we make it central to our service, our gathering time together, that we go, um, we don't want this to become a thing where... Um, when we when we gather together, someone, you know, one of the three of us is going to go, and we're just going to share our thoughts about life and what we think you should do. Central to us is the uh, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and we always want to make that uh, a part of why we join together, why we're brothers and sisters, why we do this, because everything else in life, and especially, I'll say, in Western American culture, really points you to you are the reason for your existence and you need to figure out yourself and your thoughts and your ideas and your opinions and your rights and what you want. And when we come together and we all do this act that is incredibly foreign to Western American life and I look at other people and we take this together and we're as uh, we, we say at least on, on Sundays when we gather together and say it, but Paul, we're quoting Paul, is we proclaim the Lord's death until he returns, that mm-hmm. there is a way when I do this that I am declaring to myself and to one another, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. Mm-hmm. And so that is not a solo act. That 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 is something we do together. As we've said, it's not a, it's not a thing of uh, it's wrong to take it alone. And it's not even about physical aloneness because as we uh, all have done the uh, online service, yeah. we take it in our online thing and we believe that in although not in body, in spirit, we are all present together because we have all gathered in this digital location mm-hmm. for the same reason, to remember not only that we are here to worship Christ, but to do so as brothers and sisters. Well, well, we say tr- that every week. Yeah, and I've been trying to say to people when I have one-on-one conversations with people who say, you know, I'm not ready to come back in person yet, and I'm just do the online. I try to always say to them, 
you should make a commitment to do it with the church at, for us, it's at 1015. You should participate in that. Don't just watch the message later and count that as you participated with the church because the message is not the central part. Mm -hmm. It is me submitting myself to the church. So the gathering time is this, and I could do other things. Might even be better for me personally to do something else at that time. It might make me feel better if I did it you know, later in the day or I did it on Monday or some other time, but when I submit myself to it, I am recognizing the body. The yeah. body has an impact on me. I participate in this and I take communion with them. I listen online. Most of us don't sing. So I listen to this song. I listen to this message. I participate in this chat. I give my prayer request. I pray for the ones that are mentioned. It is a becoming a part of that. So I think that's why I would say, I think anytime you take something that was intended to be for a purpose that was to bind the body together, it was to be the symbol of, baptism is the symbol of me entering not only into Jesus, but entering into his body. Yep. When I take that and I make it an individual right that somehow is a ticket to heaven, hmm. I've I've really taken it out of its context and I've made it something it's not. Mm -hmm. When I take communion and I turn it and... Like Jason, I had an older preacher when I, I didn't become a Christian until I was in my 20s, and he told me, literally, you have to take communion every week. It's where you recontact the blood of Jesus, yeah. which is really hard to find anywhere Jesus saying that or anybody in the Bible saying that. Right. It's just really tough to find that. You, when you pull it out and you make it into an individual thing, you make it into something that is really not intended to be. And even if you're doing it for good reasons, I mean, I could see if you're in jail and you're in solitary confinement, well, then you are doing this as much as you can to participate with the body. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that even is where your heart and head is at. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm not doing this to, like you said, get in contact with the blood right. so I don't, you know, get wrong with God this week. Right. I'm trying to, as best I can, commune with others. That's right. When I can do it with the body, I should do it. Mm. Well, with and I the think, body of Christ. How, if I have to do it online, then I'm going to find out when they're doing it online, and I'm going to do it at that time. And that's why we don't, if you didn't know this yet, I mean, we don't put anything uh, forever and ever online except for the teaching part. We don't put the communion Right. The songs, meditation. We the don't prayer put the song, requests, the, the, the interactive time Our in the service is not online. No, it's the never message online. message is online. Yes. And I just had a conversation with somebody didn't realize that. They, 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 in fact, they were watching it later. Um, somebody actually out of state. They were watching our service later in the day, and they said, you know, I, all I ever see is the message. Is that all your service is about now? And I said, actually, it's not. You're just missing it right. because you can't come at 1015. Right. I said, if you came at 1015, you'd see everything, but because it's communal, right, that's right. we don't post it online for you to just watch. And that was in. a big learning for us, honestly, as we felt the way we started doing it in March it didn't feel exactly right. And then when we went to recording more, that didn't feel right. And so we have now, you know, as of this year, reincorporated a lot of live parts mm -hmm. to try to make it more a communal experience. Uh, I just had that conversation with somebody. I was here in person and the service was about to start and somebody was walking in and, and, they, and I said, well, I got to go and host the online service. And they kind of looked at me funny because they had not experienced the way we do it now. And I, and I began to explain. I said, well, I go in there and I interact with the people who are online. Really? 
You talk to them? Yeah. They talk back to me. They right. comment. I pray for them, and we receive prayer requests. We take communion together and worship together. They just had no idea that that was happening yeah. in the digital space. So so now to get specific to Sherry's question, Sherry's question yes. I think you should find the best church that you can find in I do think communions, and again, for me too, Sherry, it would be a big thing for me to try to find a place that I could take communion regularly with the body. If, in fact, I was living in a community and I couldn't find a place that was easy enough for me to get to, I, I believe what I would do is if I got in a small group, mm -hmm. I would try to talk to that small group about my desire of, you know, like when we get together and we pray together, I would say, hey, is there a way that when we're together, we could take the Lord's Supper together? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I, that yeah. we could do it together? Now, again, there there are churches that have a different feel about the Lord's Supper than right. we do, and you don't want to go and, you know, make a mockery somehow of their church, and if the, you know, pastor has to be the one to administer, because there are, I don't know what denominations you're looking sure. at. There mm -hmm. are denominations that are that way, but... I would try to find a way to take it with a group of Christians. That's what I was going to say too. Regularly, that you all are committed to each other, and for the betterment of the body of Christ, you do it together. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I would get together uh, for the purpose. the The purpose of getting together is to we are going to either just by our, our our union together, just being together, is to worship Christ, and this is going to be a part of what it is. Um, and not just, like Jason said, not just, I got to get together with somebody to take this, yeah. so will you just take this with me? Mm -hmm. I think it's important, like you said, a small group meeting, or maybe there's a group of people yeah. who you go to church together, and mm -hmm. then after church, you're going to go to lunch, and you say, hey, we're going to take our drink. I have a, 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 a group that we have some some people that we're trying to reach, and so we do, we do communion as part of our, we do a Friday night gathering, and we read the Bible together, we worship Jesus together, and part of that is we, we take communion, and even with even with all of us for the purpose of we are trying to worship Jesus and to help other people love Jesus. And, uh, I think that, I think that is a way to honor the purpose behind communion. Um, when, when you can. So first I would look really hard to find a church where I can do it together. It's yes. going to make everything Absolutely. easier to not get odd. Yes. There. And, it's it's just really easy to take things that have one intended purpose and yes. they become they begin to look ritualized and people take meanings from them that we didn't have intent but you don't know when it will get repeated in a way that it doesn't yep. mm -hmm. you know yeah i get it all right well i hope that answered sherry's question thanks for sending it sherry as you know, Sherry, you have our email address, and That's you can right. ask us again, right. and you're still... And we can help you find yeah. a church. That's exactly right. We That's would. something that I think I have done countless times over the years. Oh, sure. Is helped people when they move away to find churches. We've all done that. So if you need help, we're here for you. Yep. So send us an email. Let us know. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, and this one's anonymous, because it's our... We've only Hello, had Hello, anonymous. anonymous. Sherry, thanks for sending in the second question as well. Uh -huh. <laughs> all right. So uh, here's the question. What is the difference between being spiritual and being a follower of Jesus? Spiritual versus being a follower of Jesus. That's, that's hard to define because I don't know what... I think every 
I think that word Everybody spiritual that uses the phrase spiritual has their has own a meaning. Different meaning. So it's well, I really don't think, hard. I, I, I was gonna say I don't think it's hard it's hard to define spiritual. It's not hard to define being a follower of Jesus. No. So right. I would say anyone who is not actively saying, I want to I want to be his disciple, which Jesus defines making a disciple as someone who intends to do everything Jesus commanded them to do. Right. So anything when I read through the life of Jesus and I see a command and I look at it and I don't say, how am I going to do that? Then I might not be following Jesus. If I look mm-hmm. at it and go, hmm, nope, let's go to the next one. I mean, mm-hmm. mm, nope, not going to do that now one I was either. just reading somebody the other day and said, when you find yourself explaining why Jesus didn't really mean for me yeah. to do this, huh. you, you might not be a disciple. Mm. The amount of times I used to say when I would have a, a group of teenagers, I'd be teaching them, and they'd go, well, I don't think that's what Jesus really meant. I said, hey, that's great. What did he mean? Yes. And then there's never an answer. And I say, if it's not what he, and if he meant what you said, why didn't he say what you said? Mm-hmm. Let's get to what Jesus meant. The, the way I know, and I've, I've actually had this devotional and I've led some people through it, is uh, the, uh, I think it's Sky Jatani's one of what if Jesus was serious. Yeah. That to me, a disciple of Jesus is a person who believes Jesus was serious when he told you to do things. So mm-hmm. to me, if someone said, what's the difference between being spiritual? And I don't know what you mean by spiritual. Yes. I know what I mean by, so are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'll not, know, I know for sure. Sure, every human being is spiritual. Oh, yeah. oh well, we're made. They may we they they may not recognize they're spiritual. I'm confident that's when somebody says I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. I'm confident that's not what they mean. Yeah, yes. I don't know for sure what they mean. So I, inevitably, for me, when somebody asks me that, I go, "What do you mean you're spiritual? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. And I don't know if you asked whoever asked this question, if you asked that for yourself or if you asked that because you've heard someone else say it. But like Ed just said, that that's a very important question for you to have on the tip of your tongue all the time. When everybody, anybody asks you something, it's always appropriate to go back and say, well, first, tell me what you mean by that. Right. Yeah. And, and, tr- and try to define terms. And so if you've got a friend who's saying, well, I'm just spiritual. Well, you really need to dig into that because it could mean a myriad of things. And I would say for sure that's the right place to start because too often in my life when I would get in those I would begin to explain to them how we were either the same. I'm spiritual too, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I didn't even let them tell me what they meant by it. And then they, they go away thinking, I literally do think exactly what they think. Or I totally begin to tell them how they're wrong, mm-hmm. and I haven't even heard what they meant yet. Yeah. And often I'll say the, the thing I've learned more recently is when I ask them to tell me what they mean, I often find out they don't know. Huh. Yes. Yeah, that's good learning. <laughs> that when you say, "Hey, tell me what you mean by that," they go, "Well, you know, every, you know, spiritual. Everybody knows what that means." I go, "Well, I, I don't, but I'd like to know what you mean." I, I can tell you what I mean. Yeah. Is this what you mean? Mm-hmm. And, oh no, that's not what I mean. Okay, well then, tell me what you mean. And, and I don't want it to come across as snarky. Because no, 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 it's not snarky. I, I, I'm asking. Whenever I've asked that to somebody, I really am genuinely trying to be loving because I don't want to speak towards them, like you just described, speak towards them in a way that I'm not understanding what they're asking. I really want to know so that I can help and Well, I'll communicate. tell you this. My wife and I have been married coming up this coming May, which is a long time now, so she always, I'm always ahead. We'll be 42 years next May. All right. Uh, we still have to have conversations where she'll say something and I say, mm-hmm. oh, what did you mean when you said that? Because mm-hmm. here's what I heard. Yep. And she'll go, well, that's not what I meant. And I go, well, that's what I heard you say. 
My wife has this annoying habit, and she knows it. So she has this annoying habit where she'll she'll say half of a sentence, and then she'll just stop and go, you know. Well, and I'll have to always go. No, I don't know. Well, your (laughs) wife has this thing that I and I've known her now twenty something years, where she'll go. She'll go, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Exactly. I'm like, I, I, re- I, I really don't. don't. I, don't I don't know what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> and she gets, and we, we laugh at our kids and we laugh about it all the time. And she knows that. She just she just assumes after all these years that I, I can read her brain. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I've, I've been at it for a long time. I'm still no good at it. I really need you to speak words. Well, <laughs> yes. and I think my, yes. my kids now get really frustrated with us if there's ever we really and it's probably because of the training we went through everything no matter what the conflict is we get to now what were you thinking what were you feeling and we get to that and one of my daughters I don't remember what the thing was but she had either gotten an argument with her sisters or something like that and we said I I said her name and she goes I don't want to talk about it I know all you're going to do is ask me what I feel and how I'm feeling and and you want me to know that you care about how I feel I get it I don't want to talk about it and then she went away and I thought yeah but you know what's interesting I I love that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) about the about the spiritual and the the being Mm -hmm. and the thing we're talking about here is I did have this conversation with someone the other day about um, we have way we put way too much emphasis on ideas and beliefs and all of these things when Jesus spends almost all his time talking about what you're going to do. What do you do? And what and ultimately, what are the habits in your life? Because here's the truth. And we treat this like because we're we're preparing a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. And I think when everybody hears the things on, on the Sermon on the Mount, you either do one of two things. You either say, That's so impossible, mm-hmm. that can't really be what Jesus meant. Or what you take from it is, is I should strive to at some point, not lose my temper as much. I should at some point not be quite as lustful as I was or a little more honest. There is no understanding of what Jesus is saying is, I want you to create a habit that when the pressure is on, when that that moment is, is upon you, that what comes out of you is not lust. Right. What comes out of you is not anger. And it's not going to be anything you believe. It's going to be something you do. And so I would say even among, and Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount, that you're going to know, uh, you're going to know someone by their fruit. You're going to know a tree by its fruit that you're going to be able to look and see. And so often what Jesus never said, you're going to know a tree by its answers to a doctrinal exam and what it can write down about what they believe about me and the the things they've agreed to. Jesus says, you're going to know my followers. At one point he says, by how you love. He's going to say, how about, you're going to know, I know if you love me, if you obey what I tell you to do. Yeah, he eventually says at one point, this is how you know you love me. You do what I say. Yes. If, If you want to know how to know you really love me, do what I say. And so I think when you look at somebody and you're having a conversation with someone, and maybe with yourself, and you get ultimately to this place of really the real me is the me that's inside. The, 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 the me in my mind, the me in my heart, my feelings, my soul, whatever this is, and it doesn't include what I actually do, then, then, then you're, you're in trouble. And I don't, I don't even get in trouble. You're in trouble of whether you actually want to follow Jesus or not. Mm-hmm. And that Jesus is calling you to be his follower, which includes what you do. So to me, the difference between being when I most often encounter people who even Christians who will say things like, uh, 
I'm not religious. I have a relationship or mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, I'm not a Christian. I'm spiritual and all these different kinds of things. Well, I have a lot of people that come to me who's, and it's always about someone else. And I genuinely, I'm not talking about those. I have a friend. I'm talking about somebody that will go, and I don't know what to do with my 30-year-old son, you know, mm. he's just doing X, Y, Z. Now, he's a G- he follows yes. Jesus. And I'm like, and we, you just describe somebody that is not in any way. They yeah. don't go to church. They don't pray. They're not involved with the Word of God. They're not involved with the people of God. Their habits are indicating they're not there. They don't intend to do they anything Jesus They don't intend Jesus to do said. any of that. When you ask them to do any of that, they're not interested. What you're banking on is that you think they believe Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I so ultimately, to me, if if the point of the question is, I don't know if I'm spiritual or a follower of Jesus, that's where I'd get to. Go through the life of Jesus and say, is my intention to do what Jesus called me to do? Because the, if my intention is to do what Jesus calls me to do, that does require me to believe some things. Sure. And to do some things. But it's possible I could believe something. I don't think you actually believe them, but I think you can think some think things and never intend to do anything. Well, and I'll also say it is possible for you to do some things that Jesus says to do, and you aren't doing them because Jesus said to do them. Mm-hmm. Say that again. I agree with what you're saying, but so, say it in a way that I think is more. As one of my professors used to say, if Jesus and I are walking on the road and he just happened to walk up beside me, it turns out I wasn't on that road because of Jesus. So, I just happened to be walking alongside of him. People thought I was one of his disciples until he took a left, and I kept walking. It's the thing I said on, on, on Sunday to a group of our people. I said, of, I often have people who move here from the West Coast or from the North, and they go, people in the South are so kind. They're so much kinder than where I come from. And what they point out to is they hold doors open for me, yeah. and they do this. And I said, see, that's coincidentally kind, <laughs> yeah. because the reason that they're doing that is their mom's been dead for 20 years, but they still think their mom is going to whack them upside the head or for not holding doors culture. open. It, it yeah, really the culture, of, culture I do this I'm not actually doing it because I see you're made in the image of God and I want to serve you and I want your day mm-hmm. to go better it's I would look bad as a man if I didn't hold a door open for a well, woman a lot of times it's not even conscious you wind up doing it sure. I, I'll say I I'm a 62 year old southern yes. man mm-hmm. I sometimes I it's just natural I yeah. walk out the door and I hold the door a little bit longer in mm-hmm. case somebody's coming out I don't have I don't even know who they are I don't have a thought about it Mm-hmm. And so we get ourselves in these situations, and I'm, I know all of us have had these conversations where someone goes, I know they didn't really do the Jesus thing, but they were so kind. And the idea, they go, but they're doing the stuff Jesus said to do, but that's not the same. That's what I mean. Yes. So there are those two things. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, by your fruit you will know them. But then not long after that, he shows some people had some fruit because he says, we healed in your name. We cast out. Yep. And Jesus doesn't goes. What you did not, yep. mm-hmm. did too, did not, did too, did not. Yeah. He just goes, I, I, yeah, you may have done them, but I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you. They didn't have any, those things you did didn't have anything to do with me. Because in the end, the goal is a life that is submitted to Jesus as Lord and says, if you call me to do it, that's why I'm going to do it. And there may be even things that I do, and in the moment I do them, I don't know, I don't know, why I would do them. They don't seem like they would work. They don't seem like they'd make sense. But because my Lord and Master told me to do it, I'm going to do it. And then maybe afterwards, often afterwards, I look back and go, oh, that's why he said to do it. Wow, that that worked out. But off, often it, it doesn't feel that way in the moment. Hmm. All right. 
So I'm not sure we fully answered the question. I think we answered it to the best of our ability. Yeah, because we don't know for sure what you mean by spiritual. I, but I hope you now get a clear picture of what a follower of Jesus is. Yeah. And then if you can find yeah. out what that person means by spiritual, you can compare the two and you'll know. I think that would make it pretty clear. I agree. So, all right. We out, guys. That's it. That's all I got. We got some more for next week, but we're done for today. Yay. Bye. See you next week.